the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends. I thought this would be a really good episode for you starting at this time of the year, because basically we're all thinking about it right now, aren't we? Yes, we are there at that point. The leaves are changing. Kids have gone back to school. The nights are getting cool. I didn't try and make that rhyme. It just happened that way. And we all know what's coming. The dreaded flu season. Yep. It's almost here. It's basically here. And of course, nowadays, whenever this time hits, things get a little weird in the news, if you know what I mean. But we're going to talk about old school cold and flus because that's basically what it is. So let's jump into this. Uh, This is not going to be fully 100% exhaustive because this is a huge topic with lots and lots of great things you can do stay away from, add into your life, take out of your life, all that. It's just a good, really, really good primer, I think, for you to understand what it actually looks like when you're sick this time of year. What is it? I will tell you, it is not a virus. It is not a bacteria. You didn't get this from your child. You didn't get this from someone at work because you didn't wash your hands. Most of what is happening at this time of the year coming up, usually for those of us in the North, it's about to start hitting. It is not biological in the sense of something outside of you. It's actually you. It's your fault. Actually, it's not your fault. It's just something that happens inside of you that you have no control over. Well, whatever. Let's let's just get to the topic, shall we? This time of the year when we deal with getting a colder flu, it's actually more of a body cleanse, okay? So let's think of it in a different way. It's not necessarily that you touched a handle or something like that or someone sneezed in a room. (laughs) Every year, twice a year, the human body wants to cleanse depending on where you live. So when you are further up in the latitudes, you have a chance to get sick twice a year. When you're closer to the equator, you are sick maybe once a year, maybe every few years. Why? Well, could be that it's not biological. Could be that it's just you. You see, when the weather changes, in this case, if you're in the north, it's happening to us right now, what kind of changes do we get? Wind starts to pick up. We get cool nights. The days are cooler. Because the sun isn't out as much. It's going down. We're about to hit daylight savings time. Well, that's going to change things too. Because when you have all these changes going on with the weather, that then changes the EMF of the earth. So you could say you're getting sick based on outside influences from the earth, from the sun, from the weather, from the temperature. All of these things, we're going to get into some more. So check this out. Because we have less light, what are you going to do? You're going to go inside. It's too cold or too cool for you, you're going to go inside. When you go inside, this changes your EMF. From outside, which is generally cleaner than it is in your home, to inside, which is, in comparison, polluted. 
You can have all the air cleaners you want and all the devices, doesn't matter. You can't change the EMF in your house. Air quality is only one thing. There's lots of factors. Then when you have low light, you're not making as much vitamin D. Now, just so everybody understands, every single second you walk outside, you're not making vitamin D. doesn't work that way. You're making vitamin D when certain wavelengths of UV light are out during the day. That's usually high time of the day. Summer, it's about a three to four hour window, like 10.30 to like two, that kind of a thing. In the cold months, it's only about an hour midday. And that's even if you can get some sun, you still get sun through the clouds. It's not as much as you can straight sun. You can actually see this in the food that you grow in your garden. So we start to eat more local fresh that's in season, but we still eat food not grown in our season. Then when we're eating the food in our area that we haven't eaten much of in the year, our bodies either like it or they don't. So it's fall, you want to eat corn, but then you're also having strawberries, which you shouldn't have strawberries when corn is in season, you see. Or you're eating corn from here, but then you're eating cucumbers or avocados that came from South America. The foods you eat and where they were grown and what season they are actually do matter to your body, especially if you live in that climate you're at. Let's say where I'm at in Michigan, we get seasons and those are distinct. If you've been in Michigan or let's just say even Florida for a very long time, you become acclimated. That acclimation will affect how food will affect you. You can't just go and eat whatever you want and expect the body to handle it like you think there's nothing there. There's EMF fields like we spoke about in the water, in the soil, how it's grown, how it got to you, all these things. So if you want to eat food out of season while you live in Michigan because it's grown in summer months like an orange, it's not great for you. I don't care about the vitamin C content or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. There's more than just nutrients that matter in food. Food is way more than just the nutritional profile. Then, once you go inside, what do you do? You turn on the heat. Well, that's all artificial heat. Any heat you have in your house is artificial. We made it some way or another. Then it's dry or moldy. If you're using a humidifier, are you treating the water you're putting in the air from your humidifier? I'm just saying, most people don't think about that. They may filter their water system in the house. They may buy bottled water, put a shower filter on, but then their humidifier is running straight tap water in, and then it gets all moldy in there, and you're blowing that mold through the entire house. That can cause you to have a cleansing reaction as well. How is your heat created? Well, it has its own EMF field. There is no good source of heat that you can put in your house. There really isn't. If you could mimic the sun as heat, then that would be much better off. Something like a full infrared light bulb system all over your house. Like if you have housing with the bulbs in the ceiling, all those are infrared A and you could just use that on a dimmer to create you know, hotter midday and cooler at the beginning and the end of the day to mimic the sun being overhead, that would be awesome. But everything would be red and it would feel really weird. (laughs) 
There is no good source of heat in a home. Everything has its bad EMF field. It's just the way it is. Bulbs put out their EMF field. That's what light is. But it could be good light most of the time, but then it's plugged into a power source. So you see where I'm going with this. Plus the air quality is poorer in the house than it is outside. So even though it's cold outside, getting air from the outdoors is still better. So when I grew up, my parents used to have the windows cracked a little bit, even though the heat was on. And I always thought that was weird. But my dad always taught me that there was oxygen. You want to get that oxygen in the house a little bit. It's good. Well, that is actually correct in this one because you don't want to have stagnant air in the house. Just because you have a furnace running doesn't mean it's good for the quality of the air in your home. So crack those windows just a little bit. It's just enough will help. Now, here's why all of those things I just described become a problem. All of those things change how your body reacts at this time of the year, but it also does it in the spring. This episode, we're just going to talk about the fall because this is what we're getting into right now. We'll do a spring episode later because it's a little bit different. So now we go through all these changes and then what? All of a sudden you start feeling it, that little bit in your nostrils, the back of your throat, maybe a little bit of tired, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, everyone's a little different. You start getting that, oh no, I think I'm getting sick thing. Now your mind just turned that on. That's a whole other episode in and of itself right there. But the fact is, you're going to get sick. That is a detox. Your body is cleansing itself. It wants to clean itself. Why, Eric, would it want to clean itself? Hmm, because we have so many toxins in us. And then what is going to happen after the fall? You're going to go into hibernation. That's the winter. Your body knows you're about to get cold. What does it do when it gets this cold? It has to reserve all its energy to stay warm. It's got to get through the winter. In order to get through the winter, it has to clean itself out so it can function at its optimal. Then in the spring, when you come out of winter, your body wants to clean all of that stuff that's accumulated all winter and get it out so that you can thrive and grow and heal and do everything in the spring and summer just like plants grow, just like the trees do their thing. So when the trees go into hibernation, they're not dead. They just slow down like you and I do, and they lose their leaves. Well, we detox. When this happens, all hell breaks loose in your body. Let's talk about what's going on so you understand. When you start cleansing out of all of your tissues and not just organs and everything, because you've got like 144 different types of cells. So you have a lot of different areas you're cleansing. When you start cleansing these toxins of all kinds, heavy metals to everything we talked about in episode three, bacteria that live in your body eat all of those toxins. Yes, they feed on those. Bacteria is not bad. Bacteria is good for you. The lymphatic starts pumping Organs start producing soldiers and tanks and jet fighters and nuclear bombs. It's just a total all-out military assault on your body because the brain knows that it doesn't want these toxins in the circulation 
as long as it needs to. It wants to get them out. So everything comes to the party. Everything comes to the battle. It's all there, all at one time, and boom, you go, man, I felt fine yesterday. And then all of a sudden, now I'm just, whoa, and then by the third day, you are in it. Now, I'll stop right there and tell you, this actually started two days ago on average. You're just now feeling it. So just know, it started a couple days ago. You can't predict this kind of thing. It's just the way it is. This is why everybody throughout the whole world starts to get sick all at the same time. Oh, it must be a pandemic because everybody's getting sick at once. Influenza's just become this massive problem and we're seeing all these cases and it's, yeah, because your body does this. Everybody's body does this, okay? It's this normal. Of course it looks like flu season. That's what your body's supposed to do. What do we want to do? Stifle that so that we can cleanse harder in the spring or maybe in the middle of the winter, which is worse. Now, here's one way to know if you actually have a real infection or if it's just cleansing. If you have a fever, uh, that's a bigger indication of an infection. That's different. Just because the mucus is changing colors, though, doesn't mean necessarily you have an infection. Low water content in your mucus will make your mucus look colored, okay? The proteins collapse. The proteins start coagulating because the water has been leaving through your breath and urine. So, and through your skin as well by sweating if you're sweating. As you lose that water, mucus gets thicker and it's harder to move. This is why fluids are important. Now, just because there's bacteria in your mucus doesn't mean you actually have an infection, by the way. They can be there to clean it up. Let me explain myself here. If you drive down the street and you see a house on fire and there's firemen out there putting the fire out, do you say that fire was caused by the firemen? Every single time I see a fire, there's firemen out there. Must be the firemen that caused the fire. No, just because you have bacteria there doesn't mean that they're bad. Just because they're there doesn't mean they're the ones that's causing the problem. Bacteria absolutely can be your friend and there's more good than there are bad. Your body will help keep those bad ones in check. But when you have good bacteria doing their job, they clean up all of this nonsense that you've got in your body for all this time. Remember Gladiator, the movie? Yeah, the fly larvae ate the infection. No, they were clean it. Wait and see. Who knew? Oh, they did back then because they didn't have Sudafed and antibiotics. They had to figure it out, right? This explains why you're not sick from a virus. You're just cleansing. Bacteria show up to eat the garbage. You can see them under the microscope doing this. No one has ever seen a virus cause any ill health. Never, not once. Viruses are not alive. So if viruses are not alive, why does the doctor give you an antibiotic when he says, you have a viral infection? I'm sorry, I thought you said antibiotic. Oh, well, I did. Doc, I thought you said I had a viral infection. Why are you giving me an antibiotic? Well, see, that's the typical protocol because, you know, we're not sure if you have a viral infection or not. So we'll just cover our basis. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because it shuts down the bacteria from eating all the garbage that your body is trying to get out. You see? See how that works? 
The mechanisms that make you feel terrible are shutting down. They say, don't stop taking it because you could get a further problem. Why? Because if you stop taking it, then guess who start consuming the toxins? That's right, the parasites. Now you have a worse problem. Remember when we talked about parasites? You get all kinds of them now. And now they get stronger and there are more of them. Because the bacteria are dead, so all the food sitting there is, guess what? For who? It's for all the other parasites, which are way worse. So I say deal with a little discomfort now instead of more later. Like toxic health problems because you never detox. There's so much I can say on that topic right there. If you don't detox in your body's natural way, I'm not talking about going on a detox protocol. We could talk about those if you want to. I'm not a big fan of those unless you absolutely know what you're doing because I'll tell you, get yourself in a world of hurt. I said that a little bit ago in other episodes, but you got to be careful with detoxing. If you just eat and do as much in your life to get rid of toxins that you can, that you comfortably can, that you can afford to, so on and so forth, you're going to bring down your toxic load something fierce. I mean, it's going to be awesome. You're going to say, wow, I feel better. And if you were to go get blood tests, you'd be like, whoa, those things I've been doing actually are working. I can see my blood work getting better. Now, the deep stuff that's stuck in there, that's different. But in your day-to-day, much, much better. Then when you go on a protocol with somebody who knows what they're doing to help you, they can manage that. Do it slowly so you don't feel like literal death and you want to, you know what, take care of yourself. Now, when the bacteria eat, what do they do? Ah, They do the same thing you and I do. They poop. And then the lymphatic system has to clean up everything, including all the poop. They're like garbage men. They're like maids and street sweepers and power washers. The lymph is basically doing everything it can to help you. The body uses the kidneys, the skin, the lungs, urination, and defecation to get out all the mess. You can see how much is going on here. By the way, the kidneys filter 1,800 quarts of blood a day. Let's put that into perspective. That's 1,800 quarts of blood a day. That's 1,800 quarts of milk a day. I just want you to envision that in your mind. That's what your kidneys are doing on a daily basis. These are the kind of things I want you to see about your body and become so excited to learn and say, wait a minute. 1,800 quarts of blood a day. That's incredible. And then there's processes of processing all those 1,800 quarts of blood in a day. It is so wonderful. It is such a beautiful system and so well designed. If your lymphatic system stopped working, you would die in literally 24 to 48 hours. It keeps you alive just like everything else does. And that's why water is so good for you. Because without water, you don't conduct light, energy, electricity, and lymphatic system stops. That means the sewage system of your body has halted. And if that sewage system halts, oh boy, you are toxic. That lymphatic system is so responsible 
for your health, most people have no clue. It's literally doing basically everything. It's twice the size of your cardiovascular system. The gut is lined with millions of lymphatic vessels. They're called lacteals. They absorb the fats and fatty acids that we ingest and transport directly, by the way, to the heart where they enter the circulatory system as fuel. Huh, wait a minute. That's it. Where did I hear that before? That saturated fat from animals keeps me alive and cholesterol makes me healthy. I think someone said that about 10 times already. So they tell you that they don't want you to have fat or cholesterol, and yet the lymphatic system transports fat into your bloodstream for you to ingest. Where? In your heart. Did that sink in? Because it did for me. Now, when the lymphatic system gets active, you're going to feel it. Let's describe that for a second. You're going to get body aches. That's the number one thing you're going to get from lymphatic. Some people only have body aches when they actually have an infection. So you need to learn if you're one of those people. Fever and body aches for sure, but no fever, then you're just cleansing. So essentially, if you have a fever, then you're infected. No fever, you're just cleansing. Very, very few people are going to have a fever and body aches. I think that's really few and far between. I'm sure it happens. Some people may need that in their body, but you don't need to increase your immune system, the heat, which is your EMF field, that high unless there's actually an infection. So to recap, this is an important one. That's why I'm hitting this. Body aches with no fever, just cleansing. Fever and body aches, you're infected. That's a different protocol. I think that's important to distinguish those two because when people say, oh, I got an infection. Oh, I got an influenza. Oh, I got this. Well, do you? Or are you just cleansing. Because I can tell you that not everybody always has an infection every single time. And if your body didn't cleanse itself, where are the toxins going to go? They're always going to be in your body. How are they going to get out? They're not. And if they're not, then how long are you going to live in this toxic world? This isn't, you know, AD 40. This is 2023. There's toxins galore. Like I told you in the water episode, there's 30 to 80,000 known contaminants in just your tap water. Did they have that many contaminants being toxins in their water in AD 40? No, they didn't. So this is why nowadays, more than ever, why people are more sick than ever. When you get this cleanse twice a year, it's going to use some body resources. So I want you to hear me out on some of these because I think these are really interesting and I think you may say, oh yeah, I know, I felt that before. I have that or I don't have that. This should help you through it. After that, I'm going to just go right into it. What to do, okay? But let's start off with just your body resources. What is your body going to consume in order to make this whole system work? Let's think about it for a second. What's the basis of your body? It's water, right? We all know you're 60 to 70% water, probably closer to 70. That means your lymphatic, because it's moving all the time, has to be water, which it is. It's also full of a lot of proteins and a lot of stuff. As you deal with this cleanse, 
every single day, you are losing, on average, four to eight pints of fluid a day. That may not seem like much, but a pint is probably the half and half you use in your coffee. So four to eight of those, depending on the size of your body, how active or not active you are, how healthy you are, all that, how much water you actually do have in your body, because once it gets low, it's hard to get it back. When that happens, mucus will get thick, and I'm going to describe that later, but that's one of the things you lose, is you start losing water pretty quickly. Another reason why even the medical profession tells you, get the water in your body. They say fluids, I'm telling you water, and I'm going to go into that later. The other resource that it pulls out of you is your energy. And I'm not just talking about your physical, I feel great, getting up, I can go run for a mile energy. I'm talking about your EMF field. I'm talking about cellular energy mitochondria. I'm talking about the basis of your life in your brain. Everything comes down because where is the energy going? It has to go to the detoxification organs, mainly your lymphatic system. Then you're going to lose all your minerals. And I mean most of them really quickly. Some minerals you hold for years. It's really difficult to get rid of a lot of these. But for the most part, you're going to use up a lot of them. And you all know what the main ones are, especially the number one you hear every day of your life, which is zinc. I'll get into that later. But minerals as a whole come down, especially trace minerals. Because the fluids are coming down, all this stuff gets flushed out of the body because your body is trying to cleanse. It's like, uh-oh, we got stuff. Get everything out. We'll worry about bringing in new stuff later. It's just throw everything out and start over. The mineral that is probably the most essential of cleansing is sulfur. I don't know if you're familiar with sulfur and how important it is to the body. I personally believe that Donald Lepore, who's a naturopathic doctor and nutritionist and helped design uh, muscle testing and many other things, absolutely extraordinary individual. We will talk about him in the future. He says sodium, potassium, and sulfur are the three main components of the human body, minerals of the human body, possibly the three most important things to get every single day. And he says the throat is ruled by sulfur. So when you get a sore throat, that is sulfur depletion. If you get that sore throat right away, immediately, and it's not strep, actually your body is craving sulfur so much. Your tonsils are the sulfur sac of your body. So when you have swollen tonsils, it's just looking for sulfur. It needs sulfur and it'll go away. So we take them out rather than just giving sulfur. But at the onset, sulfur is extremely important for your throat. It helps get rid of a sore throat. Later on, it's just irritation from drainage that causes sore throat. But in the beginning, if you're noticing a thro sore throat right away and it's not strep, it is purely sulfur, which means, of course, eat a whole bunch of eggs. Who doesn't like some scrambled eggs when you don't feel well? It's just like one of those things mom used to make for you when you didn't feel good. Or you can eat any other sulfur-rich foods. Look them up online in a book. You, you can see a whole bunch of them, then you can decide what you want to eat. Later, I'm going to talk about food and you'll see which foods you should and shouldn't eat, which might have sulfur or not. The other thing that 
like I just said, Donald Lepore says that salt, potassium, and sulfur are the three most important things that you can do in your body. His opinion. Could he be right? Man, I don't know. There's a lot to be said about this, and I, I struggled with this one for a long time. Regardless, your body's resources will take out water. It's going to use up your energy. It lowers your minerals. And of the top three, it's sulfur, salt, and potassium. Why is salt and potassium so important when you're sick? Because that's your fluid balance. So if the doctor says, don't forget a lot of fluids, if you're feeling well, if you're feeling unwell, well, that's why. Because salt and potassium create your water balance. This is the way to create osmotic drive between the outside of your cell and the inside of your cell to let good fluids in and bad fluids out. Think of your car. You're putting gasoline in, the body runs it, the engine runs it, it gets exhaust taken out through the exhaust system. That's in and out. So in with the good stuff, out with the bad. Same with your cells. Absolutely exactly the same way. Now, you are severely depleted in sodium and potassium during this process. The question is, which one or both? You can test this. You can actually figure this out. You could do muscle testing for sodium and potassium. Go online, go to your favorite video channel, and look up how to test for salt and potassium through muscle testing. Try it. What can it hurt? It's not magic. It's not woo-woo. It actually works. Then you could decide what you need. Other way to do it is juicing. Carrot and celery juice, when you give yourself both at the same time, they will balance. But it's better to test first because once you know what it is, you could actually just be salt deficient. That's why you're in a cleanse. You could be potassium heavy which is wet and cooling, which is causing you to feel this way. So one of the things you can do is help to counteract the way you feel in this cleanse. <laughs> this is awesome. By either increasing salt or increasing potassium or leveling them off. That's amazing. I have personally witnessed this in my life many times. I was told this by one of my mentors and I've seen it. I'll tell you a quick story. So I was in this health food store. This guy comes in and he says, man, I feel terrible. I said, what do you feel like? So I'm getting a cold. I said, okay, you feel it on one side of your nostril or the other? He said, yeah, I'm feeling on my right side. Okay. So I told him to take sea salt water, two tablespoons twice a day for two days. He said, that's stupid. I said, okay, then go buy something. I don't care. I'm telling you how to do something for five cents because my mentor told me to do this. So he left, came back three days later, and my mentor was standing there and he said, man, I thought you were full of, you know what? I feel awesome. And I looked at my mentor and I said, man, you were right. And he said, yeah, because the in Chinese medicine, they've been doing this for 5,000 years. We already know this. You see, why did I stay do salt? Because sodium rules the left side of your body, potassium rules the right side of your body. But in your head, it's opposite. Since your heart runs on potassium, it's on the salt side. 
Why would you say it's on the salt side? That's because if you put a potassium ruled organ in a salt solution, it doesn't become over saturated with potassium. So if potassium is its electrifier, it's kind of like its spark. You'd have too much spark. So it's balanced like good design would be. That story I've told to many people, but I've also told that story to people who tried it and said, that works amazing. I feel great. Now, if it's on the potassium side, that's not good. Don't, don't take potassium straight because you're going to make yourself worse. It only works with salt. Okay, now let's get into the worst thing you can do if you're feeling like this. Absolutely, without a doubt, I 100% will tell you the worst thing that you can do is consume sugar or carbs of any kind while you're cleansing or you are infected with whatever you possibly could have. Sugar, carbs, will lower your, quote, immune system. In the future, we're going to have an episode on the immune system. Is it real? Does it actually exist the way you were told? It doesn't actually. We'll see. Sugar and carbs will increase the stress of your body through insulin and many other factors. So fruit, grains, toast, oatmeal, potatoes, ice cream, junk food, and any hidden sugar that's in your food. You trying to consume because you feel crappy and you just want comfort. And you're like, give me ice cream. Give me the Oreos and Doritos because I feel like garbage. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, you are ruining the whole thing that's trying to happen in your body. Sugar makes everything worse. Even when you're not sick, it makes everything worse. It shuts down all the progress of the body's defenses and all of the processes that are going on that you can't see or feel. It's like kryptonite to all the warriors that are fighting for you. You will feel better faster. I'm telling you, I'm serious. You've also heard so much about vitamin C when you're sick. Well, you should be taking that now, starting in September. Small amounts, you don't need a lot. All the way through to spring, late spring even. With sugar, it does something which I've talked about in one of the episodes. It displaces vitamin C. So if you're taking vitamin C to get rid of your cold, but you're eating sugar and carbs, guess what? You're displacing the vitamin C because your body would rather take the sugar than the vitamin C. Those two compete, which is why you will not get better by eating sugar and carbs and still taking a ton of vitamin C. Now, vitamin C works by acidifying your blood. Acidification of the blood can help your body process a lot of the junk it's trying to deal with. That's why vitamin C works, through acidification. It's fantastic, but sugar stops it. My mentor one time, I got sick really, really bad. It was, I wanna say 1994. I was so sick. I literally, I've never been at to that point that sick in my life. It was just horrendous. And I called him and I said, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything. And he said, well, you're going to have to go on the worst thing you're going to probably ever want to do. 
And I said, well, I don't even care what it is at this point. I'll do anything. And he said, you need to eat raw vegetables only. That's it. Whatever raw vegetables that you like, which I don't like any raw vegetables or any vegetables at the time, but I said, okay. He said, I don't even care what they are. That's all you get to eat for two days and eat as much as you can. And I thought, oh, you gotta be kidding me. I acquired these vegetables and that's all I ate. No ranch dressing, no olive oil and salt, nothing. Just, man, it was, it was torture. But guess what? By day three, I was totally normal. Totally normal. I have other stories like that that I'll give you in the future. Not always immediate instantaneous change, but at least it's, you know, it's something that you can grasp onto and see the actual concept. I'm going to give you another one of those coming up a little while. You might like that. So what do you do? How do you combat something? So now you're sick, right? Now you're not feeling well. You're in the zone. You're like, oh no, I'm sick. I'm going to give you a bunch of these. A few of these, I'm going to go back and forth a little bit as if you are just feeling it or let's say before you're feeling it at all, okay? Because this is just a primer. I'm just going to get this out to you and then you can go back, read the transcript or listen to it again. Here's what you do the first thing, structured water or water. But if you can do structured water, make your own, buy it, I don't care. But structured water is your first line of defense because your body is made out of water. Give your body what it's made out of. Generally speaking, most things take care of themselves. Has to be pH neutral, okay? Water needs to be pH neutral. Let the medicines that you're using, whatever they are, worry about the pH. So that means glass bottle spring water. Like I said, Mountain Valley Spring is the best. But no man-made drinks. None. Zero. No Gatorade. I don't care what Gatorade tells you. None of those brands, vitamin water, and all of that nonsense. Those are solutes. They are not water. They are not healthy. They are absolutely so unhealthy. I can't believe they even call them health drinks. Teas. They should only be herbal. Absolutely no black tea whatsoever. Black tea is terrible for your health. Now, coffee, you shouldn't be doing it when you're sick, but I understand if you need to for the caffeine hit or just comfort. I get it. Maybe cut down a little bit. Maybe thin it out with some more water just to not make it so powerful. But coffee doesn't increase your immune system and ability to cleanse. It actually interferes with cleansing. So you want to limit that. If you're able to give it up, give it up. If you get a headache, I get it. Herbs. Tons of herbs work. I mean, <laughs> herbs are, you could throw a dart at an herbal chart and yep, it's good for the immune system because herbs are phenomenal. And the best is actually echinacea first, which you should be taking right now, listening to this episode. If you do not have echinacea in your house, then you need to acquire it as quickly as possible and get on it. Echinacea should be taken from September 1st. Yes, I know this is not a September 1st episode through at least May 1st. This is your first defense against having to clean. Why, you say, Eric? Well, that's because echinacea cleans your blood. And if you clean your blood, then the body can clean itself. 
So basically, you just went on a cleansing program using one herb for six months. That's amazing. And I love it. Nine months, eight months, whatever it is. September 1st to May 1st is a really good way to go. Echinacea is a miracle. Not only is it a beautiful flower to plant, but it's a miracle in your body. It does so many things. We could have an we could have a two-hour episode just on echinacea. So take it now. Start now. Which echinacea should I get, Eric? Well, I will tell you, because this is important. Don't mess around with anything from a regular store. Costco, CVS, all of them. Don't even think about it. You want something that's in a, well, I'll say it, health food store. It needs to be a standardized extract. Don't get the full herb. Get a standardized extract. My favorite is anything made by Nature's Way. The reason Nature's Way standardized extracts are my favorite is because they are European standard. That's rare in the industry. All Nature's Way standardized herbal extracts are from European standardized processes. That's a big deal. Now, can you make your own? 100% you can. Will it be as strong as something like a, that Nature's Way can make? No, you can't. But if you're taking it daily, you'd be all right. Point is, you want something that is full spectrum, really high quality, something you can afford, and you don't need a lot each day. You only need, in an extract form, one capsule a day, liquid drops, maybe 10 to 15 drops per day, and for your children, if you don't want them to get sick by going to school, you can get, quote, children's echinacea, okay? That just means that they have less echinacea in the bottle, so you're paying the same amount for less product. Couple drops in juice or water, whatever you can get into them, because we all understand what kids will actually consume. Now, echinacea doesn't taste bad. It actually tingles the tongue a little bit if you get a little bit more than what's not recognized by your tongue not recognized by your flavor sensors, but they make children's echinacea that is flavored, you know, grape, strawberry, this kind of thing. But it is so good for kids. You put your kid on echinacea uh, from now through the spring, I'm willing to tell you that it's pretty rare for a kid to ever get sick. I've dealt with this product for 30 years and kids just don't get sick when they take echinacea regularly. People say you should even cycle it. Well, there's evidence showing now that you don't really need to. But if you want to, make it a Monday through Friday thing and uh, take the weekends off like we do with everything else. You need to start Echinacea now. Don't wait. I'm telling you. The next one is oregano. Oregano is absolutely so powerful. Again, another episode. You can go on and on and on. I love it. Any way you can get oregano in your diet. Olive leaf extract, wonderful. Olive leaf is really good. If you can't stand oregano, then just do olive leaf extract. Garlic, use as much as you can. I mean, let's be real. Just use it every way you can. Chew it, powder on your food, cut it up, throw it in your food, throw it in your smoothie. Any way you can get garlic, the better. And my personal favorite is ginger. Anybody knows me knows, if you ask Eric, what should I do? What should I take? Oh, wait, I already know what you're going to say. Ginger. Yeah, 
because it does literally everything. It's the most versatile supplement you can take every single day. And we're going to have an episode on it. But basically, while you're sick, it warms you. So we're talking fall now. It warms you. Increases circulation. That is a good thing when you're sick. It clears mucus. Another good thing when you're sick. Nausea. Yeah, you get too much phlegm. You're not feeling great. Nausea. It's a natural pain reliever. It cleans the blood. It helps the liver detox and everything it's dealing with, and on and on. And the best quick recipe I can give you is pineapple cut into chunks. Has to be fresh. Don't use the canned garbage. Fresh pineapple, I get it. You might not, it's out of season, doesn't matter. Get the pineapple, cut it into pieces, sprinkle grated ginger, you know, powdered ginger on that. That will kill that sore throat for at least enough time to have some kind of relief. Usually can be up to a half an hour, could be longer, but if you have the sore throat that is absolutely just, this is one of the best things you can do. The pineapple also has bromelain in it. Not a lot, but it's got some, and that enzyme helps the throat. And then light is your savior, okay? Get outside if it's warm enough. So if it's an early cold or flu, you can go sit outside. It's not that bad. Wrap up in a blanket, you know, expose much of your skin as possible. Just kind of like do the best you can outside. The skin receiving sunlight is so beneficial to cleanse your body and to charge you and make you feel better. Why would you want to sit in the house when you could just sit in the sun and feel better. And then of course you could do red light therapy as a light source. If you have one of the panels or if you're lucky and you have a lot of panels, red light therapy works not as good as the sunlight, but it's still very, very good and will get you over the hump. Now minerals are a sort of a more difficult thing because now you got to swallow something. You got to figure out which ones you should use, how much you should use this kind of thing. Well, Magnesium is your number one. Magnesium is the most heard of, super important. Zinc, everybody has heard of with copper. Now, if you're going to do zinc, you got to do copper with it. So don't just buy zinc. You have to buy zinc with copper or buy a separate bottle of copper. But you want a 15 to 1 ratio. Otherwise, zinc is not nearly as effective as you think. If you sit down and take 60 milligrams of zinc, you're going to have the equivalent of about five milligrams of zinc. You're wasting your money. And it's just, if you don't understand synergy, it's just wrong. <laughs> As a nutritionist, don't do that. Just take the synergistic product, which is copper. By the way, copper on its own kills bacteria, just bad bacteria. Or what you could do is a multi-mineral supplement that is chelated, not raw. You'll know it's chelated. It'll say it on the label. Chelated may say Krebs cycle, but mostly every single time it's going to say chelated. You'll see a mineral plus some form of chelation added to it, like an amino acid that's chelated. There you go. Take as much as you can that you can handle while you're sick. That'll make you better. All minerals, it doesn't matter which ones they are, they're all used in fighting off colds and flus. Enzymes. You see, all of your enzyme systems, they're like construction workers. 
And guess what fuels all of those? Your minerals, specifically magnesium and zinc. Why you hear so much about when you're, when you're sick to do zinc and magnesium and these kinds of things. Because they actually fuel and antagonize enzymes to go do their job. And enzymes break up and get things done. They are like the engineers and the mechanic all at the same time. They are phenomenal. Empower those guys, you're going to recover well. You're going to feel better. Moving on. All right. So your food, you want to do cold food in the spring because let's face it, it's warmer. You don't put hot things into hot. So warm or hot food in the fall or winter. And since we're talking about fall, that's the foods you want. Things that are warm, hot, that can be constitutional as well. Things that make you feel warm or hot, even though temperature wise, they're not hot. So that means add spices, do as much spice as you want. Constitutionally, red meat is the best if you're sick. That will give you tons of oxygen through the heme iron that is in the myoglobin in the red meat. Fish will help you even though fish is in cold water. Fish is easy on the body. Do fish, add a bunch of spices. You will balance it out. That's a good way to go. Seafood the same way, add a bunch of spices. And then lamb. Lamb is amazing if you're sick. But here's the ones you got to watch out for. Chicken meat and turkey. First of all, they're not super good for your health. And they're not really good when you have colds or flus. But here's the weird one. Chicken soup, if it's homemade, it's actually good for you. It has compounds that help you cleanse and feel better quicker. They have done tons of research on this. It's mostly glycine, the amino acid glycine from the stock that you made, homemade. Remember, you made stock. That means you use the bones and you use all this kind of thing. So you have glycine and minerals. Glycine is fantastic for your immune system and many, many other things. And then all the minerals from the bones, from the bone marrow that was in there, you're getting all of that. But you should avoid like too many potatoes and definitely do not put pasta or rice in it. Absolutely not. And if you're a vegan, just eat some beef. You'll feel better. I'm picking on you. I'm sorry. The sleep is a good one because you need to do everything you can to sleep. I don't even care what it is. Sleep should be one of the top things if you don't feel well. Because while you're sleeping, you're repairing. You are in autophagy mode. Autophagy just means that you are repairing. Sleep is your best friend when you're going through a cleanse or even an infection. But in this case, we're talking about a cleanse. Now, you want a dark room, no EMF in the room. So you should, you know, think do things like kick out your partner, use a lavender eye mask, castor oil packs on your feet, silk sheets, vapor rub on your chest, half a bottle of whiskey, and send the kids to Disney World. I mean, just set it up for you. It's all about you. You're the one that's sick. Now, if the whole family's sick, that's a different story. Maybe take everybody to Disney World. 
I personally like things like homeopathy for when you're sick or any time in your life. You don't have to use homeopathy just when you don't feel well. There's a lot of good formulas on the shelf for when you don't feel well, okay? And they work really awesome. Now, if they work for you, that's even better. Sometimes people don't always feel anything from them. Now, they may not be using them correctly, and there's right ways to use them. Um, but if you're not technically feeling what you need to feel from them, just use them anyway, because they're doing other things in your body that you don't even realize. First thing is uh, never use it after you've used mint. You got to give yourself at least a half an hour or food and don't touch the pellets or tablets. Always pour it into the cap, then put it under your tongue. I use them all the time. Uh, the best one for your throat and generally feeling better, like we were talking about the mineral sulfur earlier, it's known as a, as a homeopathic salt called sulfur, even though it's a mineral. Uh, and you use the 1X. That means it's only been diluted one time. And that's for your throat and general other stuff. These can be super powerful. These, I mean, homeopathy, which we'll have an episode on, is some of the most powerful medicine that you can use in your body. And there's a reason why the medical profession has uh, tried to stop it because let me tell you, 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 this is no joke. This stuff is super strong. The one you've probably seen in all the stores that you've been into, like CVS and any place with a pharmacy or this kind of thing, is a product called acelicoxinum. That's that really long word you see on that white box. It's got orange and blue writing on it. It's been like that literally forever. It's only really one ingredient. It's duck ass. Yeah, you heard me right. It's literally duck ass. There's glands in the duck's ass that actually boost your body's ability to deal with whatever stress is going on during being, quote, sick. If you hit those vials that are in that box, up just like it says in the instructions, you literally can feel better really, really quickly, but you have to get it within 24 hours. As soon as you start those symptoms, you need to start pounding that stuff and do it exactly like I told you. Under the tongue, no mint, no food. Don't touch them, pour them under near. Let it do its thing. Just tastes like milk lactose, so it's sweet. That stuff is amazing. If you have to use drugs, then I suggest mucinix and sparingly any other meds. Now, fenugreek is the herbal equivalent to mucinix. That's where they got it from, actually. So you can get any kind of fenugreek herbal extract and teas and this kind of stuff. That all breaks up music, mucus and takes it out of the lungs. I understand if you're so sick that it's overwhelming, you've got to take something. I get it. By the way, the FDA just last week declared phenylephedrine, which is Sudafed, is not effective in any way to help with a cold flu or congestion. Hmm. That's interesting. So why has it been on the shelves for so long? And why are they taking it off right before cold season? Why are they saying this right before cold season and the season of you know what? The coof. One of the best ways that you can do something for free is stretching. And that's any way you can. Just stretch your body. 
I know you're sitting there in bed or the couch or whatever. You feel like, you know what? And you're like, I can't even move. You can move. You can stretch. doesn't take lots of energy to stretch. Just keep stretching. Push your legs out, arms, anything you can all the time as much as possible. You wouldn't believe how much that has an effect on your body. So stretch your full body, your legs. Now, your toes are a really wild one. I know this sounds weird, okay? But your big toe, there's a nerve that goes right to the end of your big toe that runs through your whole body. Chinese medicine talks about this. That is an acupressure point on your big toe, but it's also connected all the way through. And this one's really easy to do. Absolutely awesome. And it works. And that is you lift your big toe, you flick it, you like, you know, you move it back and forth up down as fast as you can for 10 times and let it sit for a second and then do that again. You can do both feet same time separately. Doesn't matter. Keep doing that. It stimulates your whole body, but especially your liver. And your liver is part of the organs that detox you. I mean, in fact, it's the detox organ besides lymph. Those two work together, by the way. So that will also move lymph by stretching and doing the big toe. And it activates movement in your body. It's like a flow, even when you're resting. It's super small. It's super deep inside. We're not talking about big, huge muscle movements. We're talking about little capillaries and the real small endings of all the lymphatic drainage areas. It's all the little stuff. That little stuff is where everything's holding. You need to get that out. And so movement by stretching in all these little ways helps. That means if you can do yoga, man, go for it. If you have the energy and you can get up, get on the floor and start doing yoga, absolutely 100%, I'm all for it. If you have the ability to have somebody give you a massage or a way for you to massage yourself, you have enough energy, work on your legs, go through massage techniques for your lymphatic system. There's lots of those online. There's really, really good ones. Anything you do for massage will increase your, your recovery rate. Red light therapy and the sun, as I was saying earlier, is a unique thing that's free. And boy, you can get massive benefit and it feels good. You just know when you're in the sun, like good things are happening. Am I right? Taking baths, you want to use Epsom salts for sure as your base because it's rich in magnesium. And then, and, and because it's so cheap and it's rich in magnesium, if you buy magnesium salts and that kind of stuff, they're going to charge you three times the amount. And then you can put oils in there if you want. The best to put in your bath is thieves oil. I talked about that originally. Now, here's the key to this. If you want your bath to work at a higher level, and I'm serious about this, you need to turn off the lights in that bathroom, close the door and light candles. I'm serious. That blue light is not good for you at all in that enclosed bathroom. That bathroom in a bath, when you're soaking up the magnesium and the oil into your skin to do everything it needs to do, and you're not feeling well, and you need to relax, especially before bed, the worst thing you could do is bathe yourself in blue light. Your skin is exposed, your eyes. If you, if you have a, a face mask, that's even a good time to put that on. But if you just love the ambiance of the candlelight, which is 
uh, good for your eyes and to go to bed. The flicker, all of that kind of thing is good for you. Take that mask off and just, this is your Zen moment in a bath. I mean, come on. Why would you want terrible lighting in your bathroom when you're in the bathtub feeling terrible? Essential oils are, I don't even know where to start on essential oils because literally it's another one of the ones where you can throw a dart onto the board and it works. But any and all essential oils you have that are natural, not garbage, but any and all of them can fight for you, especially thieves oil. Thieves oil, that's just a miracle product, okay? But oregano, pine, any derivative of pine and frankincense. Thieves oil smells amazing, mostly cinnamon, but you can add anything to thieves oil to make it even better. So I would say add oregano to thieves oil and add pine to it. Pine can be anything from juniper, any of the balsam, all of those other oils. You can add them to thieves oil, whatever you, whatever you want, whatever quantity you like. Remember the episode I talked about pine and how when you go forest bathing, the trees will release volatile compounds into the air to kill bacteria and pathogens that might harm them. When we walk in a forest or woods, we breathe those in, they land on our skin, and they kill pathogens for us as well. So if you can add pine into the air or into the water, it's beneficial for you. And guess what? All the pine-type oils are very affordable. When you're ready to relax, go to sleep. Lavender. Put some lavender on your face mask. Or an oil that many people don't talk about is chamomile oil. And chamomile is extremely powerful. Could be more powerful than people realize once we get real studies behind it, but chamomile oil is absolutely phenomenal. Just on the skin alone can help babies with so many things, it's ridiculous. So if they're not feeling well and you rub chamomile on their chest or their feet, these areas, many different areas actually, um, children respond really fast to chamomile, calms them right down. So I spoke about juicing earlier. Well, the only juice that you should be doing is carrot and celery, nothing else. Do not juice anything else ever. And I mean ever. Carrot and celery at this point is not a daily beverage. It is a remedy. It's medicine. We want the potassium from the carrot and the sodium from the celery. Buy them organic. And if you're not feeling well, buy a bunch of it because it takes a bunch in order to make juice. But you're getting structured water. That's the first thing. You're getting potassium and sodium. It's another thing. It's a beverage, so it's easy to drink. Carrot is sweeter than celery. It balances it out. This is a fantastic way to make yourself feel better, is carrot celery. I've read miracles of this stuff. My mentor spoke of it constantly. Books that I read when I was very young learning about this stuff that I will never, ever be able to see these books ever again. They are very low print, very difficult to get a hold of. Um, and carrot celery is a miracle, but only 
during times of stress, not daily. And probably the last thing that I can tell you to do is get out of the blue light as much as possible when you're sick, especially at night. So during the day, you're trying to get outside in the sun whenever you can. If it's so cold you can't go out there, well, there's benefits to cold, but I get it. So you're inside all day. You're trying to do whatever you can to feel better. You don't have a lot of energy, but there's one thing you can do, and that's turn off the lights. Don't use electronics. If you do have the television on, wear your blue blockers as much as possible. Or turn on lights, any of these CRI lights, at C, the letter C, the letter R, the letter I, that you can control with your phone and change the warmth, the color spectrum to a yellow or red or orange when you're sick. So when the sun goes down, you change those. That will help you. I'm telling you, you're going to get tired. That will help you go to sleep. And the blue light interferes with your ability to heal. It's an absolute fact. This is undeniable. It's in the science now. It's in a lot of literature. If you lower the blue light, you will feel better. We know we feel better when we're just normal, not sick. So can you imagine what it would do for you when you are sick? Just get your blue blockers. If you have to watch television and in your bedroom, when you're trying to sleep, turn that TV off. Don't use that stuff. Get your phone out of your room. No electronics. Send the kids to Disneyland. I don't care what it takes. It's all about you. You have to get better quicker. You got to get the toxins out. The bass will get that stuff out of your skin and into the water. No longer in you. Food moves it along. Sleep moves it along. Light, minerals, do your herbs. You can do this. I've seen many of these things work. I know all of this stuff works. My entire life, I've seen these work. I've read countless testimonies, countless books. I've heard countless stories. My mentors have taught me a lot of this. This has also been used for generations and millennia. Just stopping your symptoms the way you feel just to feel better doesn't mean it's good for you. If you can go through it and handle your symptoms, that's even better. But if you hurt that bad, it's understandable. Then you can cleanse later, slowly. I know feeling like garbage feels like garbage. You're never going to be able to get rid of it in five minutes. That's a fact. But there's so many things you can do to shorten the duration and at least give you some comfort when you're going through it. I think the best way is to lower your stress. I think stress when you're sick is the worst thing. It's torture. So lower the stress. I gave you a whole bunch of ways to lower stress. Get that down. I guarantee you'll feel better. I hope you don't get sick this year. Not everybody does. If you do, go back, listen to this again. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. These foundational episodes, I'm not giving you ways to solve these issues just yet because some of these things are very difficult to get out of the body or treat. In doing so, you can really, really feel terrible. And because of that, I'm not going to 
tell you just yet how to rid yourself of parasites or toxins or any number of things. That's for later. And also, when you're dealing with a major health condition from any of these situations, you really need to be dealing with a professional. A real naturopath will be able to help you with all of this. I have people that I follow and I like that I would obviously send you to if you live local. Some of them even do over the internet, but really need to be in person. The other thing is your situation might need more concise protocols. You're not going to get those precise protocols from just anybody. So that's just my quick disclaimer. Just so you know, I want you to feel great. Being with a professional naturopath is going to be the best way to make you feel good. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.